I like doing the Wednesday show because it's just for a different reason, but the Sunday one's more fun, especially when we get like special guests in. It's really, it's it really is. a good this time. This is a good time. Like last week we had Joe. Yep, this now week we got, Adam. Now we, got, now we got hot takes over Adam here. Hot Take Anderson in the house. <laughs> you know what? I've been called a lot of things, but Hot Take's a new one, so I'll take it. I was trying to figure out a way to like blend Stephen A. Smith and Adam Anderson together, so I just all can, only can come up with like Adam A. Anderson. It's funny because like my close friends, they'll call me Adam Offseason Anderson because they're like, you care so much about the offseason. <laughs> you do. You're a general manager at heart. They call you, your nickname should be the architect. <laughs> So hello everybody and welcome to the, I said it right before we got on, but then I forgot the 23rd episode of According to Alan. I am joined in studio with Josh. As always, say what's up, dude. What's up, dude? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so special guest, it's a family affair um, through marriage today. Um, Adam Hot Take Anderson is in the building. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Good. You have uh, so for uh, those who don't know, Adam was on the second episode of this ever, and when we before we had a table and before we tried to figure it out, and it was a little bit of a train wreck. So we're give, we're getting back on the saddle. Yeah. See that. Let's see how it goes this time. <laughs> Wasn't that one of our like most listened to? Episodes? No, you're no, getting them all confused. Unbelievable. And who's got their phone on? <laughs> <laughs> what is this rookie? Is this rookie stuff going yeah, down right I, now? I am a rookie. <laughs> I obviously didn't learn after the first time. <laughs> I think we, we we tried to talk a little bit about sports, and Adam is actually the person who kind of, I would say, birthed the concept of the podcast, really. I think uh, we, st- we were talking about it about five months ago, just messing around with me, you, and Marcus, and then it was just like, it turned into like, well, what do we got to do to do it? And then we tried to get together to even talk about it, and it just got harder somehow, and then this kind of happened, so... Yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in a way, in one way or shape or form, you're kind of responsible for this. That's good. That's good to hear. So I'm write, glad I could come in every now and then. So write all your hate mail to Adam Anderson <laughs> if, you, if you absolutely despise what we're doing. Um, so I'm just going to jump into it. I, I uh, just got back into town today. I was in Indy at Top Golf. Um, that was a blast for anybody who hasn't done that. That is like taking over, right? It's a adult arcade that, um, and found a way to make golf fun for even a lot of women who don't play it. Um, so it's, uh, it, it crosses over boundaries of gender and it's, uh, it's relatively expensive, but they've got you. I mean, the, the, I think the line last night was for five and a half hours for weight. And so, um, crazy, crazy experience. Always fun. It's the second time I've gone, and uh, the first one was in uh, whatever the one was in Illinois, at Schaumburg or somewhere, Naperville, one of the two. Naperville. And then uh, we went to Fisher's yesterday to go see a good friend of mine, Dan Shipman, and Kara, his wife. That was awesome. Uh, got to see a lot of people. We do this thing called the TPC, which is the uh, Three Putt Championship every year, and uh, we had about four or five people that were there that uh, usually participated, so it was cool to kind of catch up with them. Uh, Mike Jack, uh, Chad Wilson, uh, the crew. Um, so that was awesome. And uh, that was uh, – so we left there Saturday, and then um, in local 219 stuff, I got a chance to go over to the uh, Brian M. Smith Law Offices in Crown Point on Friday and met uh, up with Trey Funkhauser and uh, Chad Kryle, both super awesome guys. I don't know what's going to happen in the future here. I know we're supposed to meet in about a week and a half, um, but they're pretty motivated. And uh, I think ahead of the game, which is awesome. When you start talking to like these mid twenties, 
uh, guys. They're just super motivated, and it's, and it's fun to kind of see. I think I don't know if it's the Gary V generation or or what's going on, but it's just uh, they've got their s together, and um, going to be really cool to kind of see where that goes. And then um, I want to put a special thanks to Mark Borst from the Impact Club last week for being on. Um, he's doing a lot of really cool stuff. And I thought that uh, if you're into real estate, which I, at least from Facebook, it feels like everyone's into real estate at this point. Um, but he made some pretty awesome advice and like insight into what the future of the real estate market looks like, which is something to definitely check out. Um, so get into that. The uh, wanted to kind of talk a little bit. I, on Friday, I went to the Fed Expo which is the food and uh, yeah, the, I think it was, uh, it's all about organic food and they talked a lot about what to, uh, what to expect, which was crazy. I think it was at the, it was at the County Line Orchard. I know it was at the County Line Orchard, but I think it was mainly about over the over arc of getting about 200 people in. We had an all organic lunch and just, just to get the conversation going. So I think it was very agro driven. Um, I know Purdue had their presence there quite a bit, which is pretty cool. And I ran into a few people that I uh, wanted to kind of give a shout out to uh, Annette from Small Town Coffee. She's great. We're going to we started talking a little bit about maybe some kind of coffee roundtable for a talk local one of these days where we can get two or three coffee owners on the on the podcast and um, talk about some high end coffees some designer coffees and all that stuff. That'd be really cool. Um, so there was that uh, Kelly Aino. Uh, she was uh, from the Legacy Foundation. She is a really cool person. Um, we saw each other from across the room. We definitely recognized each other, but we're, it wasn't exactly from where. And so uh, finally got a chance to connect with her. She does a lot of really cool stuff from a, from a grant situation. And so she gave a speech about 30 minutes that was really cool about um, giving insight on in how to write grants better and um, the, some of the common problems she sees consistently. And so that was very informational for us. Looking forward to kind of adding to that conversation down the road. And then, I, of, of course, I meet, I see Julia Heisman everywhere I go, and there she was. And uh, she's excellent. And I guess they're uh, putting their this most recent uh, magazine of here on uh, through the print. So that's look forward to that in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, Eric Zoso, him and I have uh, – Really, kind of established a great relationship. If you don't know, are from, aren't familiar with him, he is uh, he owns Zosco Co-working in Valpo. He has this rent to equity uh, real estate thing that he's doing. It is a um, uh, it, it's amazing. It's called Provido, and it's uh, it's it's insane to think about that. There's this many units that could potentially be like instead of renting them, you get equity. So really cool. Um, we have been in conversations about doing stuff together. And um, I don't know how public I can take things or how private um, they need to be. So I'm just going to kind of avoid the conversation. But um, he's a guy that's really going to be involved, at least in some capacity, moving forward with Local 219. I'm just not exactly sure how much that wants to go public yet. So um, I want to kind of give a shout out to a couple people I met this week. Uh, Alex Fulmar, she's going to be joining the team um, to do some kind of fashion blogging, which is really cool, at least at least temporarily for the time being. Um, we're going to be meeting together to kind of uh, develop those concepts a little bit more. And so that's cool. And then speaking of bloggers, I ran into Saver Paradise on Thursday. Uh, Elena Anderson, she was awesome. Uh, she was super patient with me having my dog, that <laughs> fluid. So she's really cool. Um, we're, we talked about maybe doing something together down the road as well. And then uh, I had the, had the privilege of hanging out with Dave Bryan again on Thursday as we did some stuff that I can't talk about pu uh, publicly. But um, Really cool, really awesome. And if you haven't noticed, uh, on some of the podcasts, Crown's been giving us beer um, as a as a way to kind of uh, keep their name in into the public sphere and uh, give us a little bit of a shout out. So that's really cool. 
And then um, let's see here, Jessica Corral again. You know, she's I mentioned her last week. She's awesome. She's a member of Local Two One Nine at this point, and um, we've got some really cool stuff ahead of us. I think Monday's meeting is all about graphic design and what we can do with that from a marketing standpoint. So really cool. Um, there was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, this region rat thing has gotten way out of control, by the way. <laughs> so, so it's becoming my platform publicly, apparently. And it's uh, been about a stance. So I got a call uh, on Thursday from uh, Barb, who is a uh, who is the reporter from WKVP from South Bend, I believe. I, I hope I didn't mess that up because that sounds horrible if I did. But she called up and she wanted to know about my stance on being called the region rat. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be aired or whatnot. If it does, I'll definitely uh, post it. But um, it's just an interesting thing that you can. She heard about it on the podcast last Sunday, thought it was an interesting take, and then wanted to get wanted to get a a bite about it. Um, I think the one thing I don't want to happen is I don't want to be known as the guy who hates the rat. I don't. I mean, I don't because it's not exactly (laughs) truth. I think it's too late for that one. I will say this, though. There's two things that came out of that conversation that I, I think uh, are very, very interesting. The first one is is that it's I can while there's definitely a lot more emotion built into the other part of it, there is a consistent parallel between being called a rat and the people that want to be called a rat and the people that don't want to be called a rat and the Confederate flag. I think it's very similar that the people who don't want who don't kind of apply themselves to the Confederate flag are like, well, it's all about race and it's all about this background of history. But then the South, the Southerners are like, well, we love the Confederate flag and we want to wear, you know, wave it all as much as we possibly can. So it's a very similar parallel, except for the, you know, minus the racism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other thing that came out of it, too, was the um, which I thought was really interesting was that by saying that you embrace the rat. And I saw this a lot of the 219 day stuff too, the coverage that I saw is that a lot of people who were embracing the idea of rat almost were kind of taking it as a self amount of pride because they kind of demonstrate their toughness in a way. I can see that. And I, so I, that kind of gave me some insight. And you're a big rat. No, I just want to say I kind of wanted to just stir the pot a little bit. That's why I put the embrace the rat and see, see if I can get a rise out of you. So to get a little context, I, I stepped out on a ledge on Twitter. Didn't even think it'd be like, you know, it felt like it was a bullying effort on Don Babcock of Nipsco. And so I'm like, you know, I don't I don't uh, appreciate the rap symbolism either. And then, of course, like an hour later, Adam, you posted, uh, of course not. Hashtag embrace the rat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, stir the pot a little bit. Uh, like, when you gave me your view of it, like, I mean, I see where people do, like, they live and die by the rat almost. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I see your side of it, like, you know, a rat. It's a dirty animal, like, bottom feeder. You don't really want to be associated with something like that. And, like, so I can kind of see. I think it's just, uh, I don't know if you got into this or not, but it's more the... It comes from the mill, right? Mill rats. Is yeah. What? Well, you sent me that paper about it, but I was not about to read 16 pages of like, yeah, I, scholarship. I, I skimmed it. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it comes from the mill rat, and you know, just like uh, that's how they were referred to uh, the guys that worked at the mill, because you know, blue collar, working hard, coming home dirty, stuff like that. Um, sure. So I think more like the people that are all about the rat are more like you said. Uh, it's the blue collar toughness side of uh, the region that they uh, really 
like well it's it's interesting because looking at it like i don't have any <clears throat> honestly i don't have any skin in the game like i don't care one way or the other if, if i'm being asked how i feel about it that's my per, that's how i feel you know but I, I think it's really interesting to see that a lot of the people who probably stake claim to that that symbolism are geographically north of 30 and west of 65 which i which coincidentally is the closest places to the steel mills mm-hmm. right so it is what it is i mean it's a it's a cool if, if it if it invokes at least conversation it's a good thing right yeah to have those things so um, and that like there's another conversation that's always just like dangling out there too is like what's the region and then people get all excited about that one too and usually the people who are so proud to call themselves like from the region are again the same people who love the rat and they kind of take out everybody south of the 30 and east of 65 so it's just an interesting conversation yeah I'm not that hardcore like <laughs> I think the region is you know what Lake County Porter County and then uh, do you, is that about it or what yeah, I'd probably say west, west till about I, because I, I, I went to Purdue University North Central. There's no way they're region. Yeah, that's too far. So like east that's to like Valpo. East. I'd even Laporte? say no, because Laporte's east than Westville. So I would say probably Valpo, Chesterton, Chesterton, Valpo area somewhere in there. Sounds good. That middle area, and then I'd probably say as south as Lowell. Lowell, because like yeah, Newton County is like yeah. a total disconnect. Lowell would definitely be the cutoff. Okay. Sounds good to me. I, I'm with you there. All right. Yeah. So um, that was that. So I really don't have anything else to kind of just add in. I can go into what's good, what to look for this week, but it's just crazy. I think I have like four meetings a week a day right now. Josh, I know you just got back from Memphis. I did. I did. I spent some time recording out there. Any uh, takeaways? We have not talked about it. You literally got off the airport today, got out of the airplane today, got from the airport. What did anything happen? And then happen? I called you and came here. Yes. Like so we have not talked about it. Was there anything that really happened that was a lot of fun? Uh, you know, just getting to spend some time out there and uh, really seeing some great studios and working with a lot of awesome producers. It's it's, it's really cool. So that studio. Yeah. You said that uh, that's one thing I did hear you say is how amazing the equipment is and that there's been people there who have, like, highly regarded musicians. Absolutely, yeah. So that. the school out there works a lot with, uh, with a studio out there called Ardent, Ardent Studios in Memphis, Tennessee, and they've recorded just awesome track after track there. I know, uh, I looked it up earlier, it looks like Jack White's done a bunch of stuff there, uh, ZZ Top, so I mean, they've released some great albums out of there. So it's really cool just to like be able to stop in there and even just experience walking through the studios, it's, it's pretty awesome. Sure, sure. And I got to go stop at uh, Sun, Sun Studios. That's fun, where Elvis is yep. f- fame. Yep, yeah. yep, Elvis, Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash, yeah. Um, that's uh, literally probably uh, two blocks away from our school there so it's kind of cool just to get to walk through and see the big guitar up on the corner and uh yeah did you go to any shows or anything did you do anything fun in memphis because i've never been uh really the only thing to do in memphis is go on beale street and it's like two blocks of bars and then outside of that like all you got is barbecue and gotcha. house sounds like my type of place yeah, yeah. you love some barbecue <laughs> dude yeah. oh my that is one thing. I definitely the, the first meal I had there was Central Barbecue, and it's like <clears throat> one of the best barbecue spots ever. So if we take a vote right now, who is a who is a sauce on and sauce off guy? I'm Ooh. sauce off. Sauce off, no doubt. Yeah, Josh. I'm I'm going. I'm I'm going to be the. Oh, so you're sauce I'm on. Sauce, I'm uh, going sauce on. All right. Good to know where everyone just, stands. Just because some one person's got to do it, we can't all agree. It makes for a shitty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to apply my own personal amount of sauce i agree know, i like to try different sauces with the barbecue i'm eating so yeah 
And Definitely sauce off. So I know I know docs. They have like the four or five different versions of barbecue sauce there. Does Bonners do that too? Because I don't think I've been in that place. Oh, have you had the white one? The white one's awesome. The white barbecue, fire, that, yeah. yeah. Alabama really white, good. yeah. Is that what it is? I think it is. That yeah. is really good. It's made for like chicken. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that one. Yeah. yeah, it's sick. Bombers is the same way. They have like, they got their uh, sweet barbecue, their bombers, which is like a spicy sweet, their uh, signature sauce. Gotcha. They got the St. Louis sauce. Um, they got an atomic sauce, a nuclear sauce. You got to sign a waiver for. Oh, nice. That's good. But, uh, That's yeah, cool. They got some good stuff there. Awesome. So that, uh, that that wraps up your Memphis trip. That's all you got. So what were you doing down there? You're down there. To, you're down there to record, right? Yeah. So uh, the, the seniors that are, I go to Visual Music College, um, and the, all the seniors put together an album for the school every year that they release um, across all platforms like iTunes, Spotify. It'll, you can find it anywhere once we're done with it. But um, I had uh, one of my artists was from Memphis, Tennessee. That's the one of the the campus that he was at. So instead of having them record for me, I was like, I'm just gonna go do it. Gotcha. So I uh, flew down there, and um, yeah, I just had an opportunity to kind of get in the studios there and, and record, and I think it turned out awesome. Um, cool. I'll definitely be posting it in a can we Can we uh, play it on uh, one of our podcasts, potentially? Sure, sure, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to tell you, Trey and uh, Chad, they're interested in potentially podcasting eventually, and I told them that while we don't have it together right now, I could definitely lend your services to get help get them set up. Sure, yeah, let's, let's so, do it. That'd let's be cool. So I think there's going to be a market of people doing podcasts now. Which is fun. This is a lot. I mean, I enjoy doing this. This is like we we work really hard all week, and then I kind of look forward to Sunday night when we get to kind of just let off some steam and sure. have a little conversation. Sure. Know? Yeah, this is my favorite. Shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, I I like doing the Wednesday show because it's just for a different reason, but the Sunday one's more fun, especially when we get like special guests in. It's really it's it really is. a good this time. This is a good time. Like last week we had Joe. Yep, this now week we got, Ad, now, we got, now we got hot takes over Adam here. Hot Take Anderson in the house. <laughs> you know what? I've been called a lot of things, but hot takes a new one, so I'll take it. I was trying to figure out a way to like blend Stephen A. Smith and Adam Anderson together, so I just all can, only can come up with like Adam A. Anderson. It's funny because like my close friends, they'll call me Adam Offseason Anderson because they're like, you care so much about the offseason. <laughs> you do. You're a general manager at heart. They call you, your nickname should be the architect. <laughs> Um, so I, I was, uh, is that, so th- are you done? Are you wrapped up there, Josh? Yeah, yeah. Anything you want to talk about at all outside of that before we, before we, uh, jump into some, some crazy hot takes, man, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's really hard for me to like switch gears back and forth between working on that kind of stuff and then coming back and, sure. and focusing on local two and nine stuff. So I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that I should be talking about. But my brain's so frazzled, I can't yeah. think of it right now. I know the feeling, man. Yeah. I feel like I wear five different hats, and some days it's easier to, to just turn them all off. So. so I might come back to something uh, uh, something later, but cool for now. Okay. So, Adam, I had you in today because I wanted to – I was looking, and I've been looking forward to it because I feel like the last two times I've seen you for sure, and I want to say around the last three or four times we've talked in a text, it's like you've had bullet points ready to just attack. And so I was, I was hoping that we can maybe at least come to some common ground on some of these. And I know that one of them is definitely Laurie Markkinen. And what do you call him? The finisher? The finisher, <laughs> a.k.a. the marksman. <laughs> so go ahead. You give your, you give your Laurie Markkinen take because you, you love it. You're a Bulls apologist at heart. I don't even think it's a take. I just think he's like going to be a nice piece to build around. Um, he might not be the guy, sure. but with him at, as a starting stretch four, like 
he's like averaging what like 16 points eight rebounds right now as a rookie mm-hmm. uh fastest in the nba to 100 threes uh he might set a rookie record for three pointers i mean because you're not this isn't very hot takey what you're saying right now you're I playing just, you're taking some common ground now. i mean i think my my hot take is more about the bulls in general and okay. i just think that they won that jimmy butler trade no way i th- <laughs> <laughs> here we go. No here, we go. Way. here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> start. Chris Dunn was a lot better than I thought he was going to be. Sure. Um, since the injuries come back down to earth, um, also Laurie, Laurie Markkinen has had like two terrible games. Like right as we start ramping up the yeah. the banter, you know, he he has a couple duds, but uh, you know, he had a long All Star weekend. I'm sure he was out uh, okay. out with the boys. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Doing what Finnish people do. And then Levine coming back, you know, he's uh, been pretty good when he's uh, – sometimes he has to take a lot of shots to get to where he needs to be. But Sure. And so, they're still in tank mode. I know one thing Laurie Markkinen wasn't practicing during All-Star break, taking anybody off the dribble because he can't ever score. It's like – he's like name me one stretch four in the NBA that with his, uh, has been on a successful team of a guy who just runs around the perimeter – firing threes and then practically I would say that like when it comes to rebounding I feel like it's all a lot about being in the right place at the right time not exactly as much as it is about like the tenacity to actually make the rebound happen man all right I think he's way more athletic than you give him credit for. definitely athletic he can put the ball on the ground but he's not like he's not dominating the ball I think he needs the ball in his hands more often like you got guys like Chris Dunn Levine, who they got Levine playing on the ball a lot now. Yep. Like, uh, so Chris Dunn's, point. would you agree with this? Chris Dunn's peak as an NBA player and a really good team would be the backup point guard? <laughs> That's essentially right. I mean, he's not going to take any team to the finals. I don't know. I think he's still got more room to improve. Um, a lot of it depends on his, his jumper. Sure. But, I mean, I think his defense is, he's one of the best defensive point guards in the league right now, I think. Um, he's athletic. He can get to the, get into the lane whenever he wants, really. But whenever he a, wants, this is a shooter's league these days. And sure. right now, he just hasn't shot as well as he needs to to be one of those elite guys. Gotcha. Well, it seems like a lot of times I watch him play, and he seems to lose track of where he is on the floor at times. And then it seems like he just. He's not a great finisher around the rim, which I think is one thing. I think he's good at getting there, but he's not great at finishing. And you know who else is like that, who surprisingly, is Zach Levine. You would think with the amount of ups that dude has that he'd be a better finisher. I think that's when he gets in the most trouble is when he just leaves his feet. Next thing you know, he's throwing layups. He's getting sw- he gets swatted more than any, like, two at the rim that ever. Like, I've watched a few games since he's been back, so I can't, like, uh, I'm comment, like, fully on that. Uh, so, but... I mean, Levine, as far as Levine goes, I think, you know, when you sat out almost a full year with an ACL injury, you're still getting back into, like, game speed. Sure. Um, so we're just – we're just so we're an apologist. So how did so how did Minnesota – so let me ask you this. How did the Bulls win that trade? Because you're, you're, we're making apologies I mean, for a lot of players Justin, right now. Has Justin Patton played at all? So you got – I mean, I, I'm saying you're getting three pieces back. I know your argument is going to be well, it's a already, superstar it's driven It's already league. flawed. Exactly. And Jimmy Butler just went down with a torn meniscus. So he'll be back. He will be back. Um, let's hope it's a little sooner than Derrick Rose came back. Um, <laughs> Which is never. I think we're still <laughs> yeah. waiting for him to come back. <laughs> you want to know what's funny is I was on Twitter today, and there's some guy It's like listed about 
20 teams in the NBA, and it's like, Derrick Rose should be the starting point guard for any of these teams, and he's unemployed right now. I'm like, is this guy watching the same league we are? <laughs> really? I've, I've come to find out that every basketball writer doesn't know anything about basketball. They only know it. They, they become basketball writers because of the people they know. That's probably a good point. Like, and, so, and that's what makes me so frustrated about hearing people talk about the NBA is that no one actually watches the games. They all talk about what the sports guys are talking about, and the sports guys don't watch the games. So it's like either it's one just big bullshit fest of stereotype that never really anybody talks about. And this is where we this is where our flawed this is where our argument is flawed. I don't believe in draft picks. I don't believe in them. And you do. You're here's the architect yeah. in you. I think that it's a superstar driven league. You had one in Jimmy Butler, you got lucky, and he is. He's a legit two guard. And instead of building more pieces with him, you decided to have an argument and rival inside the inside the organization. The same thing they did with Thibodeau. It's like anybody who actually gets any kind of worth, they can't wait to kick him out of the door. At the same token, is you heard guys like Kyrie Irving when he became available, said he would have been loved to be a bull if Jimmy Butler was still there. And that's the things that make no sense. Is like instead of being proactive, they all think they can micromanage the shit out of this thing and build championships out of like a structure, as if they're the Spurs. They have this delusion like they're the Spurs, and it doesn't exist. Yeah, I think with the Bulls too, it's like when I say they won the trade, I mean I feel I feel like those three guys you can build around. They're all like what is uh, Laurie Markkinen is like twenty. Laurie Markkinen is not going to be a Levine's star in the NBA. 20, I beg to differ. But okay, uh, so what makes so what gives you the idea that he's going to be a star? I mean, he's, he's not. A, so how many All Star teams does Laurie Markkinen have? We're going to have to take notes of this. We got to get you got to get a journal. And you're going to put me on a because I'm saying zero. Oh. He's definitely going to be an all-star, I think. Okay. So, I mean, he's a seven-footer. He's athletic. He's way more athletic than you give him credit for. So is Nico. He can shoot. He's got a quick release. Sure. He rebounds. Mm -hmm. He runs the floor. Yeah. I mean, I think he does everything. He's just a young guy that hasn't played up to the, in the, uh, this at this level. I mean, he had one year at Arizona, and then what he was playing in, like, Finland for – like, he's already the leading scorer – of all finished players in the NBA right now. <laughs> I'd love so to see that list. That's, that, I mean, exactly. That's where he's coming from, you know? So it's like, you know, I, th I just think with time, he's only going to get better, man. Uh, okay, like, I it's his him, rookie year. When I it's his rookie year. I watched him play Porzingis, which you're high on Porzingis. I'm, I'm quasi-high on Porzingis. And the only reason why I'm quasi-high is I'm not going to give like him the unicorn thing. I know that he seems that way. But, like, he needs, like, like you're talking with Lori. To me, it's like if you're going to have a guy like that, he needs to be shooting the ball 25 times a game. And you're winning and dying by what he's doing. And the only reason why is because it's like you need those guys to, to create a superstar in the NBA. You need to give the guys the, the reins to become one. And if you're trying to keep them playing in a system, you're never doing it. It's like, being, it's like going to Duke. It's kind of like you're, when you go to Duke, you become an all-time reserve player in the NBA. You, don't, you lose all your individuality. And you need that in the NBA. Yeah, that's one thing with Hoiberg's system. It's like, what, just run and throw up threes as Dude, fast as you can? It's, like, it's what it seems like. So I don't know if he can definitely, like, he can thrive in that kind of system. I mean, he, you know, he can shoot the ball, but he just doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as I would like to, and to be the player I think he can be. And then. And I get that. That's for sure. And you're also, like I say, they're in tank mode, but the thing is, like, they I can't know, even tank right. I don't even know if Paxson and Foreman like did this on purpose or this was just lucky. You know, like they're that bad that they just got lucky and like they look like they have some kind of direction now. They're benching Lopez and Holiday. Like, see, but see, that's so funny to me. It's like, why would you bench two guys that no one cares about? Like, if you're really that interested in it, why not bench Levine? 
He's your best player on the team. Yeah, but he's got to play. I mean, he's just coming off his injury. He's only 22. Because I think the other guys, you know, they know what they Zach have Levine's in them. Zach 22. Yeah. Wow. Because he feels right? like he's been in the league for at least five years. I know, right? He came out really young. Where did he go to college? UCLA. Oh, nice. Played one year there. Yeah. I, there's not a shot on the floor that Zach Levine doesn't like, which I'm all for, um, as long as you can rein it in every once in a while. Yeah. But he seems to be the only guy on the team that can take anybody off the dribble. And so I'm all for it. Well, they got some other guys, but those guys are not going to be superstar. Yeah, I like Waba Waba. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, like I said, he's a role player. He's like a bench guy. Um, he's not someone you're going to build a team around. No. I just think the draft this year, there's a lot of guys coming out, and they got the Pelicans pick. So I, I want to see them get in the top five and see what they can do, see who they can Maybe snag there. How about that, uh, that 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 stuff that came out on college basketball Friday? Wow, that's insane, dude. That was like every big name possible. That's the thing. Nothing's gonna happen. None of those teams are gonna. What are they gonna do? Hold them out of the NCAA tournament? All those teams? No, because they're gonna lose a ton of money without all the big name teams in the tournament. Like something might come out afterward. And then or what? it's the exact opposite effect because now you really don't know who's gonna win. Well, I would like. If they have any violations, I would like them to take them out, you know, like, yeah. see who's like the legit, you know, team is. I mean, not that it's a big deal for me, them paying those guys. Like, they make a ton of money off of them anyway. But you got guys that are doing it the right way. It's almost like the doping, you know, sure. and steroids in baseball. Like, even though, like, almost everyone's doing it, but I would like to see the guys that aren't doing it that haven't tried to take the shortcut. You, you mentioned a couple things there. The steroid era for me is a very fascinating like 10-year window in the Major League Baseball. And, and the biggest reason is, is because they needed it to happen following the strike. And so the owners kind of let that kind of stuff happen. More home runs were being hit. Audiences are coming back. McGuire Sosa really kind of capitalized on it. And then they just vilify and, like, you know, and, like, get the uh, – just. <laughs> Just tear these all these players down. Now these players can't go into the Hall of Fame and all this stuff, and it's just creating this negativity around something they let happen. When and it's something similar to that. When you're talking about the vilification of these players, it's like Ricketts saying that Sammy Sosa's not allowed back until he like comes clean. Like, what does that have to do with him? Like, nothing. We, why would you bring a guy like the fans want him back? He's just trying to make a stand. <laughs> like it's an easy else, stance to yeah, take. It's like, an easy stance. Bring him back, man. Bring Sammy back. Sosa's got his. He's like white now, <laughs> which is like those are weird pictures. <laughs> but like he's like he was like the Cub in the '90s, right? Like sprinting out to right field before the game, getting people jacked, oh, and then yeah. the whole like you know doing the chest thing after every bomb. He was pretty much the Mr. Hop. Cub, the hop dude. <laughs> and then like it all came crashing down. Well, smashed. They all got smashed down with uh, the boombox, and then he never came back. Like, he left the game and then never came back as a Cub, right? Yeah. Then he got traded to it. Texas or something, and then he went to Baltimore. He went to a couple teams after that. I don't know. And then now he's white. And so now I think that doesn't help in the whole thing. Now it sounds like he looks like he's crazy. Well, did you see that picture with him and his wife, and he's got, like, the cowboy outfit? Yeah, and like, the pink? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. I wish we could show that stuff on podcast. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, so that's a yeah, that's another one. Bring Sosa back. Why are you not doing that? I don't, I don't, again, the other thing I don't understand about Cubs is like, why not just have Harry do this seventh inning stretch every time? I don't yeah. understand why why we're dicking around with that either. Well, I say we. I'm not a Cub fan, but yeah. I don't understand why they're doing that. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I mean, some of them are entertaining, you know. Gotcha. You know, you get to see uh, 
who was that Ditka up there Ditka <laughs> then I think Ozzy had one right oh, yeah. and then Jeff Corden I think he called it Wrigley Park but it's all for the wrong reasons right we're making fun of people yeah. like that's what it comes down to Vetter's during the uh, World Series was was probably one of my favorite ones because he did he did incorporate the Harry stuff into it too. Well, what about the Bill Murray drunk uh, doing like Daffy Duck up there? That was it was odd. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. I was like, what is wrong with this dude? Had one too many old styles. Damn right. But I, but he, I mean, if you're ever gonna be having one too many old styles, it better be at the largest beer garden in the world, and that's yeah, it. You know. That's true. Um, so we were talking college basketball, though, and that's, uh, it's interesting because the NCAA has been put in a situation to where they're going to have to make a move um, because they didn't hold that investigation. That was an FBI investigation. So it's really going to come down to how they want to enforce it at the end of the day. I don't think the FBI can go in and start to, like, take down teams or, or schools, right? Well, that's kind of how I likened it to the steroid era. It's like the NCAA yeah. didn't want to do anything about it, just like the owners didn't want to do anything about it. Yeah. You know, so it's a good comparison. It's it is what it is. I mean, I think but like it's only hurting the teams that do it the right way. And that's what I want to see, like which teams are actually clean. Sure. You know, there's probably not many. Of them. None. <laughs> like Nick Saban. I hate to tell everybody Nick Saban's cheating. He just hasn't been caught oh, yet. Gosh. Guaranteed. You're telling me that like, he's just that good of a recruiter. Come on. It's a joke. I mean. I'm sure all of them are, you know. Oh yeah, it's a race to it, man. And in one way, in one way, shape, or form, they're definitely, you know, railing against uh, some type of violation. And anytime that like someone can like, even with like the Pete Carroll USC teams and oh, the yeah. Jim Trussell Ohio State teams, it's like at one point they all had this kind of legacy of that they were the greatest coaches of all time. But behind the scenes, it's all. The U with, uh, what was that dude's Another name? One. Nevin Shapiro? The <laughs> yeah, dude's that. like running out of the tunnels, <laughs> chest bumping players. He's like 5'6". That's a pure American story there. <laughs> you can be anything you want to be, dude. That's a, that's a great uh, 30 for 30. Yeah. That's a great one. That's the second half of it, right? Yeah. The, that whole thing. The U part two or whatever yeah. it is. And those, man, those kids were out of control. That's fun. That's like yeah. could, There's probably no better college experience than the U in the nah, early at, 2000s. Those, yeah. Not at those times, man. No. So what else has been going on with you? I got a new job. What? Yeah. So what does so what does that look like? Uh, it's a different railroad. So um, I get to come home every day now. So that starts. Uh, I'm supposed to start Wednesday. I'm waiting on the email. I had to take my physical drug test. Uh, That's fun. Friday. Nice. So yeah. So you'll be around. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I have more opportunities to come out here. Yeah, get on the <laughs> podcast. Well, it's funny, man, because we've been trying to get reconnect for a long time. It's just been really hard to kind of do it because I think the you know because you're out and where now you're you're living in Hessville right now with 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 the yeah the in laws. Uh, actually, like we've been, I was looking at houses all day today. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I might be coming this way too. Oh no. That's the other thing. You know, I'll be closer to work. For those that don't know, I'm I work at the railroad. I'm on call, twenty four hours a day. That's usually. the craziest part about that. So uh, I was working up in uh, Melrose Park area. Now uh, they have a yard. The, the railroad I'm working for has a yard in uh, Hammond there, uh, Gibson, Gibson Yard, and then there's one in uh, Blue Island. So much closer. That's awesome. So have I you... can move further away. We, you know, we were thinking about staying Highland Munster area. Now I can come 
out where the wife wants to in Crown Point. That's cool. <laughs> CP loves it, man. It's a, it's a great place to live, uh, for, at least from my perspective. I have no problems with it. I was going to say, man, we've kind of, because of your work schedule, we've kind of lost the, uh, we used to go to a lot of high school basketball games. Oh, yeah. And we haven't been to one this year. We went to like five last year. I went to one with Marcus. Oh, we yeah? went to Highland. Uh, no, I've been to two. I've been to two. I went to Highland, uh, was it Hammond High? How's that? I mean, is Highland was it Hammond High? anything at this point? Or? or did I watch? I went to, I can't remember who it was. It was Highland somebody. It was a, it was a good game. Um, Highland won. It might have been. It might have been Portage. And then I went to Highland uh, Lake Central. I took uh, Miles, my kid. So uh, we went there. Two Highland games. Yeah. Wow. Well, Highland was supposed to be a better team. I guess they've fallen off recently. <laughs> Classic Highland. <Yeah. laughs> Classic figure. Highland. I hear uh, Chester and Port and Valpo are like the teams. That's what. I, that's all I keep hearing about. I uh, I haven't seen either of them play, but I know when we watched Valpo. What was that? Valpo Crown Point last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kid from Valpo. Sick. Like, yeah. He's a junior, right? A sophomore and junior? Uh, I think he was a sophomore last year. Yeah. Or is he a sophomore? I don't know. He's That's a sophomore or a junior, two. but I guess he's uh, getting recruited by some uh, high majors. So. Well, and it's good to see. Like, It feels like every great basketball player from this area recently – and this is no shot to any of those guys. I, and I and I want to make sure that's very clear because they're more talented at basketball than I can ever dream of being. But they feel like they've been just like getting recruited by these bigger schools, and they just it, it, everyone knows that watches these guys play that there's no chance that they're ever going to play at those or, at those schools. So it's like why not go smaller? Like that kid from uh, what was that? Last Warsaw. Warsaw. That kid was a beast, dude, and he was better than any player that I've seen from this area in the last four or five years. At least from just like bulk shooting. Yeah. He went to Indiana Wesleyan. And We're like, why is he going there? Yeah, this they're like a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, they're like a national champion <laughs> in like NAI, or whatever it is. This kid put on a show against East Chicago last year. I think he mm. shot he shot at least thirty times, right? Oh yeah. And he, he ended up with like forty six points and just and it was the regional, right? Yeah. Unbelievable game. Um, he that was awesome. And then he kind of got a little tired against Maryville. And Maryville, dude, last year had so much athleticism. Yeah, they could run. Yeah. And then, like, so Sasha went to Purdue. Like, he's not going to be there after this year, right? Like, no, he's going to be there. He's redshirting this year. They're uh, redshirting him because they got those guys. They got four seniors, you know. They got a – I watched them today. They looked good. They got back on track after losing a couple games. What uh, was the hiccup? I haven't been able to watch much, but it seemed like they kind of went on a little bit of a you, skid. You want to know what? They won 17 games in a row, and, like, realistically, in a long Big Ten season, that's just not going to – you're, you're going to lose a couple games along the way. So they uh, – a good Ohio State team came in and kind of stole one from them. I thought they kind of lost that at the end. Yeah, it seemed like as soon as their conference schedule got a little bit more intense, they started dropping them. Well, they I mean, they beat Michigan twice, once on the road, once at home. And then after that loss to Ohio State, they had uh they went in uh Lansing, played Michigan State and Miles Bridges had a deep 3 uh with the game tied to win that one. So No ship. And then they I don't know what the Wisconsin that Wisconsin one was pretty rough, but Wisconsin was uh, playing with Michigan State today, so huh. maybe they got they got some guys back that were hurt at the start of the season. So, I mean, they're not going to go anywhere. But you know who I hear is kicking around the area quite a bit, Spike Albrecht. Oh, Spike! He was at the when I went to the Purdue Michigan game. He was uh, there. He was there. They they showed him on the jumbotron. And That's everything. awesome. I think I I don't know if it'd be uh, I th- I don't even think it'd be that much of a long shot. I got, I should probably bring him on talk local for like a pre March Madness thing would be kind of fun. Yeah, it'd be good. You know who else is a local guy that's been killing it is uh, Robbie Hummel, man. He's all over ESPN. Doing what? Analyst. Yeah, really? Yeah, he's doing uh, all the ESPN games, Big Ten games. Yeah, he's uh, 
He's doing good for himself. Have you seen anything about that kid from East Chicago two years ago? What was that kid's name? He went to New Mexico. Oh, um, because that kid was Jefferson. A, was it Jefferson? Something like that. Because that kid was a player, dude. Yeah, he uh, was in that game. I don't know if you happened to see it. it was all over the uh, the news oh, last year. We dropped like a million free throws. Where yeah, they they were up by like twenty, and they kept putting them on the line. And uh, I think they were playing Nevada. Nevada came back. <laughs> they they. They they were uh, like I I don't know it was like two of like twenty something from the free throw line down the stretch. He's not on the roster. No. No, he went to New he went to New Mexico, right? I'm not just making that. Yeah, up. it was New Mexico. Yeah, he's not on the roster. So. <laughs> wow. I wonder what happened there. I don't eat. I, yeah, that's odd. He was New Mexico, right? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah. Well, that sucks. But yeah, and then the other one that just came out of um, Crown Point, and he went down to IU to play. Well, and then he's gone now too. He didn't. Yeah, he left there. once Korean left, but he was he was out of his league. I think there. That was a per- prime example. There's a chance he might be listening. Well, well, he's hearing it. All right, <laughs> I'm not gonna take it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he. I mean. I use a pretty pretty solid program. I mean, they had a little hiccup there uh, towards the end of the Korean era, but yeah, they get some big time recruits. You know, it's tough to go down there, and uh, a lot of them are one and done. But, it's but see, he's one of those guys PT. I'm talking about that just doesn't make sense why he would have gone to that big of a school. And I, I even watching him play, there's certain attributes that you see from players that you're just like, I get it, I get it. I I don't I don't get him. I didn't really understand that one, and I didn't really understand the uh, Sasha one. I don't I don't see the I don't see the special sauce. I see it in high school. I, would, I do. I would like to see where Sasha's at now. I mean, you know, he was. I think he was more of a. What was his name? Galen. 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 Yeah. Uh, he was more of like a perimeter oriented. He uh, was just an off ball like shooter, right? No, I think he was like a four. Like, but it, oh, okay. I think translated like more of a three. Mm-hmm. And he, he was. Uh, he was. He was definitely at skill. That had good footwork around yeah. like probably the, like the post area, and I think he could stretch it out. Well, I know he had like a couple games where he just caught fire from fire, the three-point line, and he was just, you know, he had that burner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Sasha, he could handle the ball a little bit, you know. He could get to the rim. I mean, decent mid-range game. I, I obviously we haven't seen him play in a year, so I don't know like yeah. how much he's developed uh, under Painter there. Well, he could always shoot. Yeah. He could always shoot, and so if you get him off ball, I mean, I'm sure you can really kind of make some damage there. If that's how you're going to use him, mm-hmm. you know. Because we saw that one game with against EC last year with Cusart, right? He, they, went at, they went at each other. Oh, Kuz, yeah, uh, Jermaine Kuznard. Kuznard, yeah. He's uh, he's getting some looks from some uh, high majors and stuff now. Is he? Yeah, that he kid was a, a player, prep school, man. Uh, prep school this year. I'll tell you what, the best player I saw in high school was uh, Brandon Dawson at uh, what was it, Lou Wallace, man? Never seen him play. Oh man, he was legit. Ridiculous, huh? How, Dude, what, what era are we talking about there? Well, he went to Michigan State for four years. He's uh. Last I saw, he he got drafted by the Clippers, and he was uh, playing in the, well, now it's the G League. Mm. But, uh, so, man, that had to have been, what, like, he stayed all four years at Michigan State, I think, so he'd be like, he tore his ACL one year there, six, seven years ago. Damn. Uh, he came out. See, my boy Diamond Stone was uh, put in that, he was implicated in that stuff. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. when I saw him in high school, man, he was, uh. He had a posse of, of women around him. His family looked like they had it going on. And so it was kind of surprising. But now it makes sense if he got a check for $100,000 before he graduated. 
Wow. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. You know, he was definitely making it happen. But he was nasty in high school. But, like, there's another guy who mismanaged the whole thing, it feels like, from a distance. Like, you go you, – you, I saw him literally take an oop off the backboard in a game. And then I think he had 36 and 18 and, like, and 15 blocks or something. Just a monster game. He probably threw down five times in it. And it was like, you're just like, how, does, how can you stop this human being? And then he went to Maryland. Apparently his, like, grades were all shit, so he didn't go to Wisconsin because everyone was trying to keep him in, in, in state. And that's when I was doing those basketball games, so I got a chance to see a lot of them. And uh, then he just, like, he got in a little bit of trouble at, at Maryland with, like, what was he? He slammed that kid's head on the court. Remember that? And <laughs> when Maryland was good. Maryland had, Maryland had a good yeah, squad. They- and then um, he left early for some reason. And then he got just lost in the shuffle. Is he even on a squad at this point? Is he on a roster? He was on the Bulls Summer League team. I remember that because he got dealt. But I don't know what happened after that. Huh. But I just uh, looked up the Damian Jefferson. Uh, he's at Creighton now. Nice. Yeah, so. That's good. How's he doing there? Does this have anything, any stats or anything? Well, he's got to be He was awesome. sitting out a season, I believe. Because he would just fill it up. Yeah, it said he played uh, – 29 of 31 games as a freshman at New Mexico, averaged five points, two rebounds. Cool. He was like a little KD running around out there, dude. Yeah, he was legit. Yeah. I want to get out there. When does sectional start? Do you know? I think this week. Really? Yeah. Oh. So what do we got going on the rest of this week? I got to figure out a way to get in. We got we to gotta get in some of those games. Yeah. Uh. Well, now Crown Point is in the same sectional as Lake Central. Highland, Munster. Oh, so they lost. They lost uh, Maryville and they yeah. lost Valpo. So it's at. I think it's held at Lake Central now. Oh man, I love watching those like those fo- those four A teams play. I love those sectionals mm-hmm. more than anything. I'll go check that out. But I probably. I mean, Crown Point's young, so I'd probably rather go to go check out like Valpo and Chesterton this year. You got more years to kind of buy into the Crown Point side. My buddy that. Uh, it's part of the program at Highland. Uh, you know, he coaches middle school now, but he's coached some of the varsity. He said that that that, that sectional is up for grabs. That like none of those teams are overpowering over there. Gotcha. So, yeah, I'll probably have to go check out the Dunland. Uh. I'm I'm in. We got to figure out that schedule and go. I'm down. Yeah. Do you have a? Uh, do you have any Bears takes you wanted to kind of go down? I know the draft's coming up in a little bit. I don't have any takes. I mean. I just want to see what they're going to do, man. They got some. They got some holes to f- fill, and I just am curious to where they go with uh, their draft. They got the number eight pick. Uh, yeah. Maybe move back. I just don't see them <clears throat> taking a wide receiver at eight. No. It, well, it'd be cl- it would be a classic Bears thing to do. A classic Kevin White thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's. Uh, I know we lost a bet last year. You know that I thought that he was at least going to catch what was it seventy balls. Was it 70 or 80? It might have been 80. Maybe 80. 80 80 gets thrown around a lot, though, because especially in these passing offenses, it's not as hard to get to 80 as it used to be. Well, what did he end up with? (laughs) Three? (laughs) Four? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) This guy just kept fighting for every yard. Like, I hope that this offseason it's like, Kevin, get down. Stop fighting for yards. You're not Walter Payton, dude. Yeah, you know he's going to be on the roster because what he's got one he year on his rookie, rookie deal. So yeah, it I mean, makes no sense to it's cut It's like, him. you know, see what you got. But, I mean, I've heard some talk about uh, Jarvis Landry just got franchise tagged. Uh, Saw that, and he's possi- on the market. Possibly, yeah, getting traded. Martavius Bryant, I heard he's on the market now. 
Those Pittsburgh receivers, though, they kind of put a little fear in me. I like Martavius Bryant. I think he would work. Uh, you know, he'd be able to stretch the field. Uh, he, he can go across the middle a little bit. He's got a lot of speed. I think he fits what the Matt Nagy's trying to do more so than Jarvis Landry. You old Matt Nagy. How you feel about that? Because I didn't never heard that guy's name before until uh, he was hired as the Bears coach. From everything I hear, I like, you know. He only called, what, four games, I think, for uh, mm-hmm. the Chiefs. And he did call the playoff. I know there was a lot of talk about the playoff game. He did call the playoff game. He came out and openly admitted that. He uh, kind of messed that up the second half. Well, you win some, you lose some, dude. When you call, when I was calling pitches, it's like some games you're just on fire. Some games it just doesn't work out. Well, that's like the experience know? thing, sure. you know? Yeah. He's never – he called, what, four games previous to that, you know? And he's yeah, never man. been in that situation in the playoffs. So. Well, and I think that's my biggest fear, drawing back from our earliest conversation, is Laurie, is that, like, those guys who are kind of more finesse players don't really do well in the playoffs. There's got to be a little grit to your game, a little bit. If you were going to compare him to somebody, who would it be? Laurie Markkinen? It's mm, a good question. I would say he's, well, probably the best comps are probably ex-Bulls. I mean, he's way above and beyond Nico. If that's who you're No, I think going. it's Nico. I think it's McDermott. I think it's these guys. Oh, no. I actually think Nico and, and uh, well, at least until so this is his rookie year, I think that Nico and Doug had more developed post games than what Laurie has. But I, I know that's not the style he plays. But I think that like if you watch these games, it seems like the philosophy is shoot your way in and out of games. And so they're shooting up, they're putting up bulk threes. And Laurie, maybe that like is attesting to his talent level. But I don't know, man. I don't. I just don't see real. Any, what's your long term comp? Go ahead. You got one. I, 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 I heard tell I you mean, got right one. Right now, I think he's like comparable to Porzingis. You know, I mean. Yeah, what, minus the whole I, really I, being really good. <laughs> <laughs> When, when those two played each other, except for the fact he sucks. <laughs> when those two played each other, I thought Markinen looked better than Porzingis, and they were on each other pretty much the whole game. Yeah, you know, numbers were just as their stat line. Like up until that, he was actually dominating Porzingis up until towards the end of the game. Like Porzingis yeah. got some garbage points. Well, you know, that's the fun is. Uh, I would like to see him. Just sorry to interrupt you, but I'd like to see him become. You know who I'm going to talk about, right? Who? Dirk. That would yeah, be. Yeah, well, that's a. That would be the the. Every white guy that comes in the league that's got a little size, you're saying it's going to be the next Dirk. How many times have we heard that as a Bull fan? Oh man, Nico was a huge disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you can make the same arguments that you're making for Laurie right now. Is that he never got the bulk chances to fire away, and it turns into like crazy eyes Bobby Portis him and like because he was so finesse and Bobby's like you know a working collar kind of player he's like Xavier McDaniel <laughs> reincarnated is that they just it's just too there's not enough you need a little bit of, of grit a little bit you need the perfect player has a little bit of bull I think Lori I don't even think it's Lori it's Lowry marketing Lowry, Lowry marketing so, okay um, I think he can I just think he's Better in almost all aspects than Nico was. Like, he's more athletic. He can run the floor way better. Mm. He rebounds better. He's a better defender because Nico wasn't guarding anybody. I didn't see. So, I watched that game two nights ago, and it felt like it was a sw- anybody marketing was guarding was a swinging door. A swinging door, huh? Yeah, he was just letting people through. It was like a screen door. You just, you know how you just like give it a little push, and you're just now you're, you're through it? That's what it felt like watching him play defense. 
I don't know. We're gonna have to watch a game together. Yeah. Well, I know uh, Sarek made him look like it was just like playing little kids. Oh yeah. I, that was like little kid stuff that he was doing to that dude. So, and you know that. how many all stars does Sarek made? <laughs> Not many. I know it's his rookie year, but. Uh, oh man. <laughs> for those listening, it's like no one even knows who I'm talking about. That's who Lori got punked by two nights ago. <laughs> so, I don't even know what we're you know what that whole thing is. I just. They need a superstar. They need someone to come out of it. Zach Levine's the closest they have. And if he doesn't make it, then they're going to have to find another one. I think there's guys that are coming out of this draft that have potential to be, like, superstars in the league. Sure. I just want to see Marvin Bagley, for one. Yeah. And, and, like, we're looking at this draft right now, right? So we're looking at this last draft. We'll say in, in just hindsight of that. This is the frustration with the Bulls. You've had two other players that could have been much more dynamic and had star potential. In Donovan Mitchell and Dennis Smith Jr., and we pass on both of them. For what reason? You're telling me that, Lori, because you love the guy who's like a four that people don't know exactly how to guard that just fires away all the time? It's like that's just a ridiculous thing. I mean, obviously, if everyone knew what Donovan Mitchell was going to become, they would have drafted him. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's why it's not as easy as it is, but I know there's a lot of guys that were really high on marketing. Dude, I've been watching NBA Lots basketball for a long time. A long time, and it comes down to one thing. It comes down to being able to take guys off the dribble. If you want to be an offensive scorer, if you can't do that, you're going to be a role player. LeBron James wouldn't be LeBron James if he wasn't able to bull people to the basket. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I Kevin agree Durant, with you. like, that's the thing is, like, Kevin Durant would be considered a what? A four? A stretch four? But a three? And so, where's, where's Laurie on the Lowry on the Kevin Durant scale? Is that even the same universe, dude? You're also talking about guys that are like the elite of the elite. Like, but that's you know, how who many you're guys talking about. I know. But you're talking about many... all stars, Hoyt. Well, you that... said he's going to be an all star. Yeah, but there's guys that are all stars. Like Marcus Saul was an all star. You know, like Marcus Saul is a very, very elite center. Yeah, Paul Gasol. Like you don't think that Lowry Markkinen can be Paul Gasol? No. Oh, I, th- I think because I think Paul Gasol has grit, <laughs> and he has and he has a non miss fifteen footer and knows his role. Lori, like I, these stretch fours are all fu- are, are they're fine and dandy on paper, but like at the end of the day, it's like they're they're making a new role. And if you and if it's like if you can't take people off the dribble, you're not creating any kind of. It's all geometry, dude. It's spacing. You someone's got to dictate the uh, the defense. I think if he had the ball in his hands more often, you know that he could take some of the guys, especially these fours that are going to be guarding him at, at the perimeter. Yeah, so hopefully he doesn't see Philadelphia in a series because that would going to be really bad for him. <laughs> Judging by two nights ago, oh, man. Um, we got off the Bears draft. I know, to, I know, because this one's Mark- more fun. I mean, this is more fun. I, I couldn't allow alcohol because that's when we start screaming at each other at family parties. And yeah, then don't, uh, don't bring up Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. That's another one. <laughs> I just don't get it, man. I don't get the whole vibe. And like everybody tells me, like who loves Lowry, Lowry whatever you want to call him, it's just they don't watch enough basketball. Feels like. Like my like you know who's a great uh, Lowry defender my my uh, my father in law you know how many Bulls games he's watched in the last five years zero <laughs> you know I mean I've watched a lot of the games at the start of the season obviously the last two which or two you've watched because I know you weren't watching Bulls at I the wasn't start watching of the much no you know he looked good man I mean I. I usually think I have, I'm a pretty good judge of talent when I see it, sure. and, I, and don't get me wrong, I do have some bias, you know, because I do like the Bulls, and but I want them to to see them sure. get better. But you know, like, 
don't get me wrong. I can tell you the guys that suck too. Like, but when you say that the Bulls won the Jimmy Butler trade, it makes me question your ability to judge uh, accurately an NBA. I just think or, they were stuck in mediocrity. You know, finishing that's the get, Bulls. Getting what the are they? Eighth seed. I mean, they at least have some kind of direction now. Like, in what a, are they right now? What are they? They're stuck in mediocrity right they're now. Rebuilding. They're rebuilding. They're on they the lower like, end of mediocrity right like now. Bottom five in the league right now. <laughs> What do you mean? That's not mediocrity. <laughs> oh yeah, it is because they're still not, now they're starting to even get to the point where they had the bench guys because they were overplaying that their, their tank season. I, last I looked, they were like three games out of the la- worst record in the league. Three yeah. games, you know, mm-hmm. that's easily obtainable. You got Cameron Payne coming back, <laughs> the tank commander. <laughs> you know him, Jaron Grant. Yeah, these guys are brutal. Zipser, you know, brutal. You love Zipser though. You were a bit, you were high on Zipser this offseason. No. You were. I don't want. I think I, I think I can go back to a tweet that you wrote that said you were going to get a Zipser jersey. <laughs> I wasn't serious about that one. <laughs> I told you I, ha- I should have got the marketing jersey before I came here. You should have. Yeah. That would have been a good touch. But uh, and then you would have been you know a, a really you know what he'd be great at uh, like adult men's league Y basketball. Because there's no one that can shoot over him. I mean, no one can block his shot, so he'd just be able to kind of fire away from the distance. Um. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he's a wide basketball player. Is what it sounds like for me, at least. And how do you and how do you say the Bulls won that trade when the, when Butler makes Minnesota a top four team in the West? Right away. It wasn't just Butler. Come on. They was, picked up Teague this year. Butler. Who's taking the final Tosh shots? Gibson, who's taking the final shots? Carl Anthony Towns. No. Not true. Jimmy <laughs> Butler, every, his, his numbers were going up on every month. What, when he got swatted by LeBron and then LeBron came down and hit that three? That was a good game. <laughs> that was a good game. But I think we're getting confused that the NBA regular season means nothing. It does. It comes down to the, it comes down to the month and a half of playoffs. Yeah, and like I said, it doesn't matter really what the Bulls do right now until LeBron's pretty much out of the East. You know, I, yeah. think, I don't think – even the Celtics. Do you think the Celtics can beat the Cavs? No. Not this year. I don't. Either. The Gordon Hayward loss is bigger than they think they gave him credit for. And they, while they went on that big streak, they were winning a lot of close games. And so it's a regular season, you know. And it's like a lot of people, a lot of people have to deal with travel, and then a lot of people have to deal with nightlife, and they have to deal with you know strip clubs. You know, I think the only person who's really done a great job at that consistently is James Harden. James Harden can go out every night and still at least drop forty. He's like so like, he makes it look so effortless. He does. You, you, I would love to just see if just try to guard him, just just to try. I know I have no shot, but to see someone that a human being that quick and that big, it's got to be an awesome sight. Who who do, you, who do you think you would rather start a team with, James Harden or Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook, and the reason is is I can point back to Exhibit A, Game Six of the Western Conference Finals last year, where James Harden went MIA. He I, I, if like you'd want to talk about scandals, if someone told me he had money on that game, wouldn't be surprising. If he was shaving points. But, but do you think the teams that Russell Westbrook's been on, just they've never gotten really to that point where, you know, they've taken it to the next level? Well, I don't like the OKC makeup. I'm not a Carmelo fan. I yeah, think he's that a was soft a, player. That was a big, uh, bad experiment. I don't well, know. still not. I mean, still ongoing, right? And they're starting to pick up steam. And, I, and I'm not a huge – Paul George is a nice player, but yeah. look at what – Indianapolis has done since he's left, you know. Victor Oladipo has been looking great. And well, they, yeah. They're winning more games than they were when Paul George was there. So. Paul George is a very Jimmy Butler-esque player, is that they do a lot of really good things well. They're they're fundamentally sound players, but they don't they lack the, that, like, le- next tier to be just, like, 
in the universe of the all-time greatest. But there's superstars in this league, if that makes any sense. I think Jimmy Butler is hands down better than Paul George. I'll take him every day. Really? Yeah. Well, you got the length. I know. I mean, how tall is Paul George? He's got to be pretty big. Six eight, six nine, at least, right? Yeah, and buckets is at least six 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 seven. Yeah. Could we get off? Could, could, there is one. There is one topic about Bulls basketball that I'd love to end right now, and that is, and I saw it. I saw it this week. I saw it actually last night when I when when Jimmy Butler found out that he hurt his knee. Leave it up to Tibbs to ruin the ruin the all these guys. Could we get off of that entire storyline? That was a Bulls upper management storyline that they were putting out in the press to make everyone not like Thibodeau. It doesn't make any sense. And there's no realistic minutes. There's no correlation between playing minutes and being injured. It just doesn't exist. Derrick Rose got injured because of a freak thing that happened. And and I and I think if you really look at it, you could probably even start to go into the shoes that they were doing because at that point, that technology of shoe with Adidas of all places was trying to mess with a bunch of stuff and make it more of a soccer shoe. So it's the the shoe has more blame to me than Tom Thibodeau does in playing minutes. I agree with you that the minutes doesn't contribute to the injury. Enough but of it. There was a lot of times I thought Tibbs should have been benching guys when they're up 25 points with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I think when you say it like that, you're absolutely right. But I think there are times, too, though, when they're kind of giving some of those games back and letting people get back in with their second squads. Yeah, but like you said, he didn't get those guys hurt. Like those, like an ACL no. injury is a freak non-contact freak, injury. Yep. Same thing with Butler's last night. That's a freak thing. If if we're gonna if you're gonna allow that storyline to continue in the world, then le- under that guise, LeBron James should be injured every season. He's playing 38 minutes a game right now. Michael Jordan's entire career was 38 minutes a game. Yeah. And so it's a stupid it's a stupid conversation. Let's just end it. It's like it's basketball. It's not it's not soccer. You know, you don't have to like de- you don't have to defend these guys minutes. Just let these guys play. Well, and like when you played sports, you want to play as many minutes as you can get. You don't want to yeah. come out. I'm not you worried know? about game 62. Yeah, yeah you're not. You know, like I don't care. Yeah. yeah, it's a stupid argument, and it's one of those like that's another one that's like on non basketball people use the shit out of that thing to like defend arguments, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a media driven. Uh, storyline um especially when you got popovich who's like resting all his guys like all the just time. bench his whole starting lineup one game like oh we're just gonna forfeit this one well i think there's something to say about those guys because those the season is intense right you've got to travel you've got 82 games and i think there's something to say about saying hey here's a day off you know but to limit a guy's minutes who's already i mean this the fact they went through the entire day of a shoot around and to get the prep and then get out there and just get a sweat going that's enough that you might as well just play the game. Yeah. Right? Well, that's why I don't know what the exact rules were they made this year. They changed some of those rules, right? Like, uh, Yeah, they def- they did it to defend the ticket sales. Yeah. So you can only bench them, like, I forget what, certain games. Like, uh, I don't know if it's uh, home games after a back. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact rules. I know, no, they, I know they're working on trying to make it better for the, the fans there. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I would like to see end in the NBA the uniforms i've had enough i've had a i don't know what team i'm watching anymore i have no idea it's the bulls have, i've seen the bulls wear 16 different uniforms this year every time i turn it on i don't even know and then did you i mean you don't feel that way at all i don't think that did you see those golden state jerseys last night which Stupid. ones were they the one with this is the bay on it and it has like that like little like it's crest not the, not the black ones are they blue 
I don't know which they one you're talking about. You just mentioned on. five different ones. That's <laughs> well, what I'm saying. Well, it's like the Utah jerseys that are like. What are those? Radiant, orange, yellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we doing this? When have they ever worn those colors? Never. Or close to that. And like, at least give some nod to Carl Malone in stock. It's the only <laughs> heyday you've had. You know, yeah. they go from like that to like these rate, like orange, these bright orange. And the one, and of course, that's the jersey Donovan Mitchell wears in the slam dunk contest. It's like, why is he wearing that one? I have no idea. What's what just says Utah Jazz? I don't get the whole thing. I got the, the Bulls wear the they wear the throwback uniforms and they wear the Chicago uniforms and they wear the black ones, which who gave them the idea that the black jersey should say Chicago on it? So stupid, right? Yeah, I'm all for the Bulls. Los, the Bulls. Los Bulls jerseys. Uh. <laughs> it's like enough of the jersey changes. <laughs> Who's making money on this? At this point, there's no way. Because uh, all I hear about is how much they're making on the jersey sales. So let's just take the best case scenario. You're telling me that there's some little rich kid out there right now who's got 14 different jerseys from this year that their parents are like, yeah, you know what? You've got the first 13. You might as well get the 14th one of them. <laughs> you think that's a – there's no way. There's no way. You're like, you've got the max of buying three Bulls jerseys in a year before you're like, son, no. You're not getting another Bulls jersey. Yeah, isn't one enough? <laughs> One's fine. One is fine. And what jersey do you even want from this team? Marking it. <laughs> I'll take a Nawaba. <laughs> you know what I saw, actually? Huh. That the Chicago Bulls are number one in attendance. Oh, yeah, that's bullshit, right? That's crazy. So where is their – I would like to see what their capacity in comparison to other NBA arenas are. Hmm. That would make sense. Because that's an interesting – because, like, there's no way they should be sold. They should – no way should they should be leading the attendance charge this year. Yeah, I don't know. If you – are you paying more than 20 bucks for a, t- a Bulls ticket t- this year? Well, I haven't gone to a game yet, so. So, so and, and, <laughs> and what would make you go? Free tickets, right? Yeah, probably. So how can you tell me that the first in attendance when no one even wants to go to the games unless they're free? It's like telling me the White Sox are leading the MLB in attendance. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> we all know that's not. Happening. That's not. That's <laughs> never. Never. I think even after their World Series year, like even then, I, while it was still tougher to get sick to get tickets, it was still like you know, not number one in attendance in MLB. No, they weren't selling out. No, I mean they sold out quite a bit, but not a crazy amount. So I, I think that's total bullshit. Talking about the White Sox, how do you think they're going to be this year? Well, that's a great question, Adam. Um. I think the one thing they have going for them that they haven't in years past is that they don't have expectations. And I think when you lose expectations, good things can happen. Yeah, not a lot of pressure. I mean, they. I mean, you know, Han did it right, you know. Built up the farm system. They got a lot of top prospects. Now it's just how many of them are going to hit, really. And I do like, uh, what was the guy, uh, Jimenez? Eloy. I, I did not want the Cubs to trade uh Trade Aloy Jimenez, man. Wow. That's the one guy I was like, please do not trade him. Did you see that home run derby video of him hitting that uh, light pole? No. Mm-hmm. It's like the natural. Really? Yeah, it's like a it's like a batting practice or home run derby. I think it's actually a home run derby. So like, there's a there's a, there's people in attendance, and he just cracks this thing, dude. It's like left field, like probably not exactly off the line, but more like traditional where a left fielder would play, and he hits the top of the light tower and shatters like the, the like sparks go flying. That's awesome. <laughs> No, yeah, he's the one guy I didn't want to give up. I mean, I like Q, you know, obviously. Like, he helps the staff out for the Cubs, but. Well, it's a weird time for baseball because this is where it's tough, is that when anytime any team wins, they set a precedent moving forward, right? So 
when Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay won a Super Bowl, everyone's got to pass the ball, right? And then it's in baseball, Theo Epstein has really kind of changed the way people think about it. But I don't think that is exactly – you can't rely on the same philosophy to produce the same results when there's so much more at play. It's not about just getting younger and blowing the team up and then you're going to win a World Series in five years. It's like you've got to develop minor league system. You've got to make a competitive minor league system. You've got to put your scouting directors into developing a style of play that sits around the philosophy of the manager. you know. And so all this stuff, I think actually – for the no expectations the White Sox have this year, I think the Cubs have never been worse in the last three years. And I, I would I would actually really challenge Theo's ability to I think uh, clearly he was able to build a dynasty. I'm I'm I could I'd be willing to challenge his ability to maintain a dynasty at this stage. Yeah, I mean they made what really one big offseason acquisition. And you Darvish is good, Darvish. man. He's good, and like deception is is his key. You know, yeah. he's got those nine pitches. They all look the same coming out of his hand. Not was it uh, not uh, this offseason or this past postseason? No, when well, he was tipping those pictures, <laughs> pitches. <laughs> well, he got a kind of a bad a bad rap there because he got uh, he pitched on, on on short rest, and he's just not that kind of guy. No. He needs a little zip on his fastball to keep you honest. You know, he got lit up. We yeah. were we were actually podcasting that game seven mm-hmm. live when it was happening. That was a tough one for yeah. him. I mean, he 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 killed the Cubs when they played the Cubs. Like you know, two starts. So yeah, I well, mean, we'll see what he does. I mean, I would have liked them to go and try to get like a true leadoff hitter. Sure. Which uh, they haven't had since Dexter Fowler, really. Yep. You know, and that was a big loss for them. Yeah. And. uh I, I heard I started hearing seeing some of the, my favorite stories going into spring training for players who hit who played like shit the year before, is that their best shape of their life. I oh, love that. The, it's my the, favorite. Did you see the Schwarber? That's picture? the one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's like now it's like oh he's back he's gonna be better. It's like well he better hope that he gets a, does he change his philosophy in hitting? I don't care about how tight and cut he looks. Yeah he uh, you know he was bad last year. There's not nothing to say about it. He can't he didn't play well in the field. Uh, couldn't hit a fastball. Well, Playing bad in the field is not going to get much better for him. I don't care how light he is. It's going to become down to they screwed that dude up. Why would they bat, they, they made him bat leadoff? This is the problem when you're switching guys in positions all over the place is that you're going to have some bad results out of it sometimes. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, you, you can speak on it more than I can because, you know, that's your background. I'm not a baseball, <laughs> a baseball guy. But, yeah, like he uh, – You know he, uh, they like they did. They kind of messed him up. So yeah. Well, I think that their bullpen is in real bad shape right now. I don't know why it took them two years to get on from the Rondone and Strope era. I don't after the first playoff run of the World Series that they stopped even using those two guys. That made no sense. Why they even came back as Cubs, and then they lose their their best bullpen pitcher last year for nothing. And I don't know why you wouldn't just sign that guy. So. That's my problem with the Cubs. I think that they're talented. I think Chris Bryant is – I think you're not going to see another MVP year from him. I think you're going to see a lot of what you saw last year more consistently. Yeah, we'll see. I mean – I think he's good. The only time will tell. Like, I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, next offseason there's a there's one certain uh, guy that uh, – Everyone <laughs> loves that Bryce Harper talk. <laughs> He'd look real good in a Cubs uniform. Yep, he would. He would. That uh, That's an interesting organization. Well, with that head of hair, he looked good in any uniform. Damn right. <laughs> best best big league hair in the game. All right, so 
Is there anything you want to, I mean, it looks like we're at an hour 10 right now. Is there anything that you'd like to uh, add? Adam? Nah, I got nothing. Nothing, huh? Nah. Not at this point, no. He's okay. a lot of hot takes. A lot of I hot takes. I mean, I could go for the rest of the night, man. It's awesome. Josh, anything? No, no, I'm good. Um, would you? Uh, is there any place they can find you at, Adam? If they wanted to kind of uh, talk talk sports. Uh, yeah, I got a Twitter. Uh, was it Adamando12? I believe. Nope. Well, yeah, you might be right. But your name is Kenneth Noisewater. Kenneth Noisewater. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> and you got some hot takes on Twitter. It's a fun follow. Yeah. I so mean, do I'm that. not on there all the time because I do work a lot. But when I am on there, I'm usually going for a little bit. <laughs> going for it. Going for it. Hashtag embrace the rat. Yeah. Embrace. Josh, anything you'd like to add? Uh, only where to find us. Oh, okay. So is it, is it time? Is it time? Go for, for it, man. It's, it's uh, Josh is uh, upgraded. This, is, it's to get become, this. this has become my part of the podcast. Yeah, and it's, he's great at it. Yeah, go for it. I'm really. Yeah. Anyways, if, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm off to a bad start. Yeah, now, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. If you'd like to find us, uh, we're at local two and nine across the board, um, except for our Twitter, local underscore two one nine. Um, it is Twitter, right? I got that one right. Yes. It's like it's so random that just one of them is. But anyways, uh, local underscore two one nine for our Twitter. And uh, if you want to send us an email, it's Alan, A-L-A-N, at local219.tv, or Josh, J-O-S-H, at local219.tv. Feel free to reach out, send us some cool stuff, and we'll get back to you. I have to say, no one reached out to tell me how my snowblower was taking a shit on me. (laughs) And that's one thing I was asking our uh, our audience to do. Luckily, I think you're out of the... Out Let's of the hope season. So. Let's yeah. hope so. I don't think you got to fire that thing up again until next year. So uh, I will end on this. The uh, NWI Comic Con, we had some guys there yesterday, and it sounded like it was a blast. Uh, Martin and Jeff, they were there um, getting some video, grabbing that. So look forward to that video coming up in the next 24 hours. We have a guest lined up for Wednesday. I just got to get a confirmation uh, to make sure that that is, uh, that is confirmed. But um, – we're going to hold off on a Tuesday takeover this week as well. We're trying to plan up for eight weeks in a row and try to really kind of make that happen because I feel like from an Instagram perspective that our stuff and our, our content is kind of getting lost in translation through the takeovers because of how many of posts that have been kind of happening. Um, so we're going to start to reach out to, uh, I think, eight. We're going to try to schedule that eight weeks in advance. Um, so look forward to that. We are going to be doing the day in the life um, for, for the region nights. And so that'll be really cool. We'll be giving the, our Instagram over to... Um, the the citizens of this great area. I know we've got uh, Tyrus Josephorski, who's a commercial airline pilot that's going to be taking it over at one point, so that'll be cool to get an inside look on that. Um, and another person, uh, Christine uh, Wilcher, um, she is uh, dating... Um, she, I know her from um, my cousin Drew Einingenberg, who's they've just got engaged, so uh, congratulations to them. But um, she's a fashion model. So she'll be taking over the Instagram as well. And then we're going to be adding a lot of like the municipalities part of it. I know we're talking firemen. We're talking policemen. We're talking cops, uh, policemen, cops, same thing. Just, yeah, makes no sense. No one's listening at an hour and 13 anyway. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we've got all that going on. So check that out. Uh, and again, like Josh said, you can find us anywhere. And if you do have any questions, let us know. We have a busy week. And so if we're not getting back to you right away, we will. Uh, we've got a lot of people um, getting involved. So, uh, thanks again for listening and, uh, have a good week later. Mm-hmm.